Hello, Mama. This is episode three of Reaching Abundance. And today I'm coming to you with some useful tools that I have used consistently over the past five years to help us get a grip on our cash and better manage our money. As I look back and remember how hard things were and how desperate I was to claw us out of debt, it's amazing to me that these apps are so versatile that of course they were absolutely useful to me at that time, but they're still useful to me today. So no matter where you are with your finances, this episode will help you out, give you some ideas about what you should be focusing on, and quite honestly, when this show is over today, you'll have absolute clarity as to how these tools can make a drastic improvement in your personal finance picture and in your journey towards abundance. Welcome to the Reaching Abundance podcast, where your host, Virginia Elder, shares helpful guidance for moms around positive mindset, creating simplicity, practicing true self-care, and most of all, money management. Her financial journey toward a better life blossomed into an insatiable desire for overall happiness and abundance. Hang out with her right here each week while she ditches the taboos around women and money, shares resources, educates, and financially empowers all the mamas. All right. Thank you for being here again with me today. I am Virginia Elder, and in this episode, I'll share with you three financial apps that really created momentum in our lives and that have carried us from drowning in debt all the way to debt freedom and then beyond. I'm going to talk about how we use these tools differently back then versus now and what behaviors we've implemented that have helped us be consistent along the journey. Just as motherhood is a journey, so is money management. And your needs and goals morph and change over time. You'll have different goals when you're 25 versus 35 versus 45. And your priorities shift from when you're a couple to when you have toddlers to when you have teenagers. And quite honestly, diving into any financial app is quite the endeavor. It can be frustrating to sit down and remember which accounts you have where, being careful not to forget one, and remember all the usernames and passwords to every single account while all you're trying to do is just link things all together so you can just get started using a single app. We all know that after that daunting setup process, supposedly the app will just change our life. But have you ever taken on this task to figure out that you didn't even like the app? Hours down the drain, tons of effort wasted. If only you knew which financial apps really were the best first, that would make things a lot easier, right? How awesome it would be if someone, anyone out there would just tell you what the best ones were. (laughs) You want to know what makes these apps that I'm going to talk about today different, right? You want to figure out how we've been able to continuously use these three tools over the past five years, no matter which side of that debt freedom line we were on. As you're listening today, I'd love for you to think about if these tools and some of the habits I mentioned that I practice would work for you and your family, and if these are some things that you would consider implementing. 
How much do you think they would make a difference in your financial life? I'd also love for you to screenshot this episode while you're listening and post it to your Instagram stories. Tag me at Happy Healthy Abundance and let me know how helpful this was to you. Don't forget to use the hashtag ReachingAbundance. When you share this, you're helping me reach more mamas who'd like a more abundant life as well. Your friends will see this new podcast you're listening to and they'll be able to tune in and get this valuable information just like you. Over the course of our financial journey, there were so many books that I read, so many podcasts that I listened to, and so many websites and apps and methods and ideas that I tried. Some worked and some didn't. It's so valuable for you to know about the items that really did work for us and why and how they worked. So to share this story properly, I have to kind of give you some background and we have to go all the way back to my life before kids, which was over seven years ago. Ah, what life was like before kids. (laughs) In my memory, I swear it's like we didn't have a care in the world. We could go to Home Depot and spend hundreds of dollars on the weekend and buy things for the house and go out to eat multiple times a week. And it was fine. I managed the finances, we had a few investments working for us, and we had great credit. Our first home was $140,000, so our payment wasn't large, and we both worked. We were young and fun and free. (laughs) Two incomes, no kids. We watched our finances but didn't budget every penny, and I didn't know close to what I know now, but we did all right. Fast forward a few years, we'd sold that home, moved around a little bit, bought our new home, and we're expecting our first baby. There were other background expenses happening on my side of the family, but things had always worked out well before, and we had a great income, so we didn't really worry about it. I balanced the checkbook, and I paid off our credit card for our daily purchases each month, so we just knew things would just work out. As a young married couple, everyone tells you how expensive kids are and how expensive daycare is, but there's no warning large enough to prepare you for how expensive things really are. There are two sides, those that say there'll never be a right time and that you'll never be prepared enough, so don't wait. And then the other camp that says you have to have your ducks in a row before planning for pregnancy. We were kind of in the middle. We had been contributing a little bit to retirement. We had been managing our finances, and life was easy. Little did we know, it was about to get tough. I have to back up here and say that our debt situation wasn't the kids' fault. We weren't in debt because we had kids. There was a commitment I'd made to help a family member that wound up being triple the cost we expected. This was going on in the background while we were trying to establish our little family. Fast forward two years later, suddenly we had two kids and we were so dang broke. Things got so tough that every $20 and every quarter that I had in my purse was just that important to me. If I sold something on Craigslist and got $50 cash for a bag of gently used baby clothes, 
That meant the money in my checking account could go toward debt and that $50 could buy us groceries until next payday. Yeah, that's how it was. Mind you, we're both professionals with degrees working full-time, going to work every day and acting like things are fine. But this desperate cash game was what was really going on. We had already trimmed everything possible, cut all frivolous spending, quit going out to eat completely. We were just broke. Rock bottom, y'all. I don't know how many people have been through rock bottom, but it's a really scary place. You have two little humans that you're responsible for, and you take that very seriously. And you do everything you can do to make sure that their life is not going to turn out like this. You're looking around thinking, holy cow, the situation is not what I pictured. What has my life come to? This isn't what I've planned. This isn't what I thought my life would look like. And I knew why. And I was very aware of what put us in that financial situation. The fact of the matter is that we were struggling to pay the bills. And we were just thinking, what is the next step here? We considered and looked into bankruptcy and consolidation loans. We had a few friends that we confided in with whom we were able to share the details about what we were actually going through. It wasn't the kid's fault. It wasn't my fault, nor was it my husband's fault. It was just circumstantial. So many obligations piled up all at once, and there we were at rock bottom trying to pay the bills and just figure out what the next step would be. We'd both get paid and pay the bills and then have less than $100 left in the bank. And I'd be thinking, crap, we don't get paid for another 15 days. What are we going to do? That was the reality in our lives at that time. Today's situation is a lot different. But back then, that was real. People don't talk about this stuff. So even if you knew me at that time when I was going through this, you may not have known. I wasn't aware of any of the financial education available out there. I wasn't even aware of money as a taboo subject. I wasn't consciously not talking about it. I had no idea that I should be open about the subject or that being open about it could help stop the taboo. This was way before the whole Me Too movement Little did I know that if I had opened up and talked more openly about things at that time, even though this is personal finance, not sexual harassment, but people would have come out of the woodwork saying, me too, about their money. As I look at my past, there are so many different moments and situations where we shut down and turn off when we're going through a rough time. We're so worried about what other people think. Not talking about a tough situation that you're going through not only prevents you from getting help, but it also doesn't allow you to help anybody else. As I say this, I want to encourage you that if you're going through a tough time, talk about it. Don't do what I did and struggle quietly surrounded by shame. There are so many times where someone else already went through that situation and think about it. If they just shared with you how they made it through, you could have survived a little faster and a little easier. I encourage you to pay it forward and share through your tough times so that you're able to reach someone else who's struggling with that same thing. So 
that's a huge part of why I share what I do on my site and in this podcast so that if you're struggling through debt or tough financial times, you realize you aren't alone. I made it through. It took us three years, but we made it. Okay, so maybe in the worst situation, you're thinking, I can't pay all these bills. I'm spread too thin. What am I going to do? When I felt this way, I looked up consolidation companies. I looked up what it would take to file bankruptcy. I knew those options would screw up our credit, but I needed to know full details. How, when, why, how long, what it would take care of, and what we would still owe. I found out that you have to qualify for and pay a fee to file for bankruptcy. And it doesn't clear your debt. I learned that you still have to pay toward your debt under a court-controlled process, plus your credit is shot for seven years. A lot of people don't know that it actually costs money to file bankruptcy and that it doesn't wipe your slate clean. We decided not to do that, and I started looking for free resources out there. Really free ones. You gotta think, if you're in this situation... Credit counseling, consolidation, and negotiation companies have to make money somehow. There's a percentage you'll pay on top of the amount that you owe to your credit. There's a percentage you'll pay on top of the amount you owe to your creditors, or they're getting a percentage kickback from the credit card companies or something. I won't pretend to know about all of them and claim that they're all bad, But this is where I am proud of myself that I was able to have my wits about me and ask the right questions when I called. I pushed back. I asked exactly how much the fees were, how they would negotiate with my creditors, and how much the payments would be and what the total was that I would owe. I figured out that regardless of what they say, most of these are just payment restructuring. Oh, and this is hilarious. Of the ones that I called, the negotiated payment that they were quoting me was even higher than the value of the total of the minimum payments I had that I was already struggling with. So my minimum payments at that time added up to over $800 a month. Yeah, you heard that right. And then this credit consolidation company was quoting me like $950 a month. I promptly said, no thank you, and hung up. As I said, we decided that none of those options would really work for us. I knew it was up to me to really just figure things out. At this point, I was willing to prioritize and pay the creditors I could handle and let the rest go temporarily. I even researched if in Texas, where I live, if they could garnish my wages or anything. I did all my research and I was just trying to figure it all out. I'm going to skip forward right now because three and a half years later, we had paid off all credit card debt and we were making our final car payment. That was truly the ribbon at the end of the race where you just run through and celebrate. You did it. You completed the marathon. The car was the largest balance for us from the beginning and the largest monthly commitment at right about $500. So when I paid it off, it was a huge burden off of our shoulders. I don't share this to brag at all. 
I'm saying this all to share with you the fact that we had rough times and that we are finally to the point where we can talk about our experience and give tips because I dove so far into the personal finance world of podcasts, articles, blogs, books, and y'all, I stressed over this stuff for years. So now I'd like to think that I can just tell you everything I learned so that you can bypass all of the stress and hardship. Now that you know quite a bit of background, now you see why I really want to share these three things with you. They were imperative to me, even starting to make progress with my debt. And I actually still use them today to manage my finances. So the first tool I recommend is called Magnify Money. It's a simple to use website where you can easily find and compare balance transfer and credit card offers, personal loans, a new fee-free checking account, and then one of my favorites, an interest-earning savings account. I've used Magnify Money off and on over the years for different things, and each time I've been really happy with the list of financial products they recommend, and I've been happy with the company or item that I selected and applied for. One of the best things about MagnifyMoney.com is that you don't have to enter a ton of personal information just to see what your options are. All you have to do is enter your zip code, select which product you're looking for, and then boom, a list of options comes up. Now, when we were drowning in debt and struggling at our worst, our credit score had taken a beating. I remember Early on in our marriage, we had excellent scores, like high 700s, and my hubs even hit 800 at one point. None of that mattered now because our credit usage ratios were so high and things were such a mess that we were down in like the 500 range. It was awful. We couldn't even handle the credit we had, obviously. So there was no way anyone was going to approve us for a loan or a balance transfer card. But as I started budgeting, cutting expenses, and I gained traction toward paying things off, like I think after I paid off the first one or two smallest credit cards we had, our score did rise a little bit. And in time, we got back into the 600s by just consistently paying our minimum payments and focusing on paying off our smallest debt item one at a time. We started edging toward that 700 mark again. It was amazing. So even though we still carried huge balances, this is where intention and consistency started to really pay off. Once we got above 640, I was able to make the best use of Magnify Money. So at that time, I looked at everything and decided that I wanted to transfer some balances onto a 0% credit card. And I decided that the 3% balance transfer fee was actually better mathematically than paying interest each month on my old credit cards. So I popped on Magnify Money, I put in my zip code, and I browsed the options. You can sort for 0% cards. You can sort for the rate or the duration from highest to lowest. And then the best part, 
each financial product listed is given a rating from A through F. So even if you've never heard of the company or the card or the bank before, you have a rating there that can tell you what you should do. An A rating means that the credit card or loan terms or whatever you're looking at are really transparent and easy to understand. And of course, an F means that the terms and conditions are extremely complex. I, for one, am all about simplicity and clarity, so I'd only pick financial products that are A or B rated. I want to minimize the chance that I could miss a detail and screw something up. The other way I've used magnified money was when I was first figuring out what the heck an emergency fund was and why I needed one. I wanted to open an interest-bearing savings account since, theoretically, I would be hoarding money in that account for a long time, right, in preparation for an emergency. So to me, the best option was to check out Magnify Money and find an A-rated interest-earning online savings account with no minimum balance where I could start to stuff 50 to 100 bucks maybe at a time and just begin to build that emergency fund. I found just that. And actually now I have several savings accounts that I've found through Magnify Money, one through Ally Bank, and then another one with a company that I've never even heard of, but I've not had any problems. Through Magnify Money, I also found that Fidelity has a 2% cashback card which is perfect because we use Fidelity for our investments. So now we don't play much of a financial like credit card game. So I'm well aware that there are cards out there that offer 5% cash back in certain categories per quarter, whatever. Honestly, I don't have the brain capacity <laughs> to keep up with that craziness. So I'm super happy just having one credit card that gives me 2% cash back on everything. So we got the Fidelity card and I love it because when I log in, everything's in the same place on one dashboard. And when I get my 2% reward value each month, I just toss it in my IRA as a little bonus for myself. This way, my rewards really are going to good use and not getting blown on new shoes or jewelry or drive through breakfast sandwiches like I used to do. See, I've grown up. <laughs> Speaking of growing, the other thing that I learned about and started doing was focusing on our net worth instead of any of the other quote-unquote important numbers that we can get distracted with. While talking with you about Magnify Money, I shared a lot about how much our credit score fluctuated over time. It's funny because in the little bit of financial education I did gain from my childhood, it was emphasized that you got to build your credit. There were years where I really thought your credit score was everything. Well, it's not. As you now know, during the rock bottom portion of our financial journey, our credit scores were in the tank. And I knew at that time, and as I paid things off, it would rise again. 
But as I read more personal finance books and listened to more podcasts and just basically began to gain some real financial education, I learned that net worth was actually the number I should have been focusing on. Net worth has nothing to do with your payment history or your credit score, but it does have to do with the value of everything you actually own minus the value of everything you owe. So, for example, your home plus car value plus total in your retirement savings minus your credit card and vehicle and mortgage balances. That's your net worth. Well, it's time for the second tool. This is around the time where I was learning about net worth and I also happened to find mint.com, M-I-N-T. It's a completely free website and app that you connect all your accounts to electronically. Some people use it for budgeting. I tried it for budgeting and figured out that it was actually not my favorite tool. But what I did like about it is that it displays your net worth right there on the screen. When you're paying attention to your net worth, everything else falls into place. If you want to increase your net worth, you pay off your debt, build savings, and contribute more to your retirement account. The goal is, over time, to accumulate assets that grow in value, like real estate, mutual funds, maybe even a business, instead of things that decrease in value, like cars or things like debt that pull your net worth down. So, in one easy-to-use interface, once I linked all my accounts and spent a little time setting things up in Mint, I was able to see the full equation of how my money was or was not working for me. In time, month after month of logging into Mint, I was able to see how my daily and weekly actions with our money affected our net worth. So let's just say I learned how much my Macy's and Target and Amazon addictions were affecting our number. And seeing that in black and white made it that much easier to drop some of those bad habits. When I was just barely beginning to get a grip on my finances, Mint helped me see the big picture and track our spending easily. The program includes great graphics and reporting tools that are useful for seeing spending or savings trends over time. I still use Mint to keep an eye on our credit score, track our spending, and of course, I enjoy watching that net worth number creep upward. Okay, the third and final and best tool of all is an awesome budgeting app called You Need a Budget, or for short, People call it YNAB. I tried other budgeting apps. Every Dollar, Good Budget, Clarity Money, and even Mint.com. I didn't like any of them as a budgeting tool as much as I like YNAB. I mentioned earlier that Mint has a budgeting feature and that it didn't really work for me. This is because I also discovered the fact that there's a wide gap and a huge difference between budgeting and tracking. Now, when I say it out loud, it sounds silly, like, duh. But the thought had never occurred to me before that budgeting is something you do on the front end. 
It's the plan. You make this plan before you even have the money. And then tracking is what you do after the fact. Tracking is what happens when you refresh your app and it pulls in all the transactions you've made and you categorize them and see how much you spent in each category. Tracking is the process of seeing what you did. The money's already spent, right? So that's not budgeting. I did this in Mint. Where I got hung up, though, is that I always was looking at my current bank account balance, which, of course, hadn't had the credit card payment come out yet, and I thought that I still had money. YNAB is different, though, because as you create your budget within the app, it subtracts that budgeted value for each category from your balance. So you're no longer setting up a budget and then looking at your checking account thinking that you still have money. You can see very clearly at the top of the screen how much money you have left to budget. The whole idea in YNAB is that you get debt-free and that you begin to use today's or yesterday's money to pay for today's expenses. The problem with using credit cards is that you use this month's cash and this month's paycheck to pay off things you bought last month. So you're always running a month behind. YNAB won't let you do that. And you'll have a red number at the top if you're over budget. The app also shows you the age of your money. So if you just got paid yesterday, the age of your money is one day old. The longer you hang on to your money before spending it, the better. And the older your money is, the more flush with cash you are, which is a good thing. Now, YNAB is not free. It's about $85 for the year, and it does take some time to set up. I'll tell you here, hear me out. Anything worthwhile is going to A, cost money, and B, take some time. YNAB is like other apps in that you do have to connect your accounts and import your transactions. But it is very different from other programs because of how you set up a budget within the program. I personally used YouTube to learn how to use YNAB. If there's ever anything I don't know how to do, I'm on YouTube searching for answers. It's fantastic. By the way, if you're listening to this on YouTube, hey, drop me a comment and let me know that you're here. Okay, back to YNAB. All I had to do was spend some time with the program and learn how to use it. And within a couple of months, we had completely flipped our money around and were paying for this month's expenses with money we had previously earned, which was just mind-blowing for us at the time. Boom. No more backward money. If you have seen my Instagram or my Facebook posts about how we pack our dinners on soccer nights so we avoid eating out, or how we do grocery shopping and only spend 60 to 80 bucks each week on food for our family of four. This is because of YNAB. Drowning in debt or debt-free, it doesn't matter. It's a great budgeting tool, the best I've found. And if you head over to the show notes, I've got a link there for you where each of us can get a free month of YNAB when you sign up. Pretty dang awesome. Now, with these three tools combined and lots of intention and consistency in three years' time, 
I was able to pay off $80,000 in debt. At no point during that three years did we make over six figures. We came close, but didn't quite hit it until after we became debt-free. Isn't that convenient? I logged into Mint consistently every week or so for about three years, and now I just pop in there once a month or so. When we were really tight on money, I logged into YNAB nearly every day. And for sure every other day, because things were just that intense. Once we started making progress, I got to a point where I could log in just once a week. However, often I needed to transfer a balance, which I tried not to do too often because there are definitely fees associated with that and dangers that can come up. But when I needed to, I'd log into Magnify Money and seek out the best deal possible. So... I hope you can see that over time, I've used the heck out of these three main resources to really just help our family navigate that monstrous level of debt. All along, I continued to listen to podcasts, read blogs, watch free YouTube videos, and read books about money. I was so hungry for information. I just wanted everything I could get. It definitely got to a level of obsession, but... This was a good thing because it helped me change our financial lives forever. When you do anything with a conviction and with a passion over and over for years on end, there's no other choice but to be successful with it. Maybe you've heard the most successful people in the world aren't necessarily the best or the brightest or the most well-equipped. They are the most consistent. They are the ones who have practiced and tried for years on end and just kept showing up. That's what I did to our debt. Some months sucked. We could only pay a little extra, but then other months were amazing and we were able to throw hundreds or even thousands at a piece of debt and knock it out. The biggest motivator of all was how bad I did not want to be in that situation. Being held back by debt and a total disaster of finances was not the abundant life I'd pictured, and I became determined to change my family's trajectory. I know if you're struggling that you can do it. Hopefully these tools will come in handy for you as well. It's all about focusing on the life you want and expect. Okay, so now that you know a lot about our story, our struggle with debt, and some details around what it took for us to dig out from under that load of pressure, I hope you realize that if I can do this, you can too. You also now have three amazing online tools in your pocket that you can begin to use to help you along your financial journey. Whether you do or don't have debt and whether your financial journey means just staying debt-free and beginning to make your money work for you, or if it means striving for debt freedom and beginning to wrap your head around living that cash-only lifestyle, these three tools can seriously improve the quality of your journey. Now, I will caution you. Don't get too excited and try to dive into all three tools at once. You will get overwhelmed. (laughs) Magnify Money is one that's easy to use. 
you'd only use it when you're actually shopping for a financial product. You've decided, okay, I'm looking for a 0% credit card or I'm looking for a high interest savings account. You can just pop in your zip code, do a search, do a quick comparison, click through the option you like, apply, and be done in probably five to 10 minutes. Boom, your new account is applied for and you're on your way. Mint and YNAB are different though. You want to pick one to start with and take some time to sit down and focus on it. You can probably sign up with just a few clicks, but the interface is useless until you've properly linked all of your financial accounts, imported transactions, categorized things, created goals, set up budget categories, all of that. Depending on how many accounts you have, and if you can remember the usernames and passwords to everything, this may take some time, maybe even a couple of hours. Here's a clue. If you have so many accounts and things are so spread out that it takes you a couple hours to set up either Mint or YNAB, your first focus should be simplifying things. Whether that means paying off and closing some accounts, streamlining passwords and usernames, or even moving your savings from scattered banks all over the place into one bank with a few different accounts, that's what you should do. Anything in life is way easier to manage if it's just simplified. Over time, simplification has always been one of my goals in the background. When you go from 10 credit cards with balances on each, all of them having different logins and different values of minimum payments, and you go down to two or three credit cards, your financial life is suddenly so much more simple. When you go from being in debt to paying everything off, your life is so much more simple. Anything you can do to simplify is going to be beneficial to your mental state and the level of stress that you feel. Trust me, I've been there, I've done that. Anyway, pick one of these tools to start with and set aside one evening this week. Pour a hot tea or a glass of wine and just sit there and set up your account. Watch some YouTube videos to see the how-tos and the inner workings of the program of your choice. Honestly, I use YouTube all the time to learn how to do things. Import your transactions, set up a budget, and begin to establish your habit of logging in and checking on your numbers every other day or at least once a week. In addition, I'd like to invite you to join my free Facebook group called Money Minded Mamas. I'm slowly growing a tribe of women there who are willing to rally around each other, talk about money openly, and who are all working toward having a more abundant life. I share live videos there and helpful posts about motherhood and money in hopes it helps a mama out. So if you're enjoying this information and want even more, join us in the Money Minded Mamas Facebook group this week. All right, Mama, thank you for being here with me today. I really, truly believe we can have it all through intention, consistency, and always trying to be present in the moment. This week, 
edge a little closer to reaching abundance by choosing an online financial tool and take the time and effort to set it up properly. Then begin to develop awareness around where your money is going and why. Don't forget to check out the show notes where you'll find links to the tools I mentioned and the summary of everything we talked about here. I look forward to talking with you again next time.